Howdy, howdy. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzzkillers. <laughs> we have such like a like a scary name. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like Buzzkillers. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Anyway. I love it. <laughs> Hi, guys. We're back. We're here to sing about murder. Um, <laughs> what if that was our podcast? What if we just sang the podcast? Molly Ward went and shot this lady in the head. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might get more followers or something. People would be like, oh, this People is interesting. Like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> uh, this is weird, but I get all the information I need. So cool. Every episode's like a mini opera about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. I don't think I could do that without laughing, though. I don't think I could. Either. No, I would, it would just be like, ah. <laughs> like yeah just giggles and so it wouldn't work out but especially because there there are some cases that we talk about where some parts are just kind of funny <laughs> they're like they either somebody does something stupid or you're just like why <laughs> like, yeah you? why did that happen I'd be like, <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't be able to keep it together i mean nothing's I funny can't. about murder that's not exactly what i meant but I understand you what you mean. <laughs> you I know I what you mean. Somebody does something and you're like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, like this case. I know. The fact that they keep <laughs> leaving and coming back. I still am not. Like, I'm why just, didn't you leave? Like, just leave. You were on the state border. You probably could have just run and away. Gotten and gotten away with never it. never been caught if you just kept going. No, and they just keep coming back. But they it's so just weird. kept coming back. And it's like, why? This, apparently, he's supposed to be really fucking smart. He doesn't seem very smart. <laughs> I'm coming back, but, man. So here's the thing is I, I like thought about this as we were talking about it in part one. Um, Like, yeah, he could be probably like very smart, like genius level smart. But if you're immature. See, that's another thing is like they said he was immature. They, he has that weird thing of like a high IQ, but he's immature. So it's like, oh, sorry, guys. We were talking about um Carolyn Fugit and <laughs> Char- welcome to part Charlie two. Starkweather. Um, if you didn't know, this is part two of uh, this case. I just threw us straight back into the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give a little bit of a um, I'll give a little bit of a recap about what we talked about in the last episode. And um. And like I said, I left you guys on a huge cliffhanger. So yes, sorry. <laughs> um, so the two, the, the killer couple in this case are Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit. Um, just a reminder, this relationship um, was not approved of by her parents. He was 19. She, she was 14. He had met her when he was 18 and 13. But still kind of icky. Um, Charles like I said in the previous um, episode, did not have a very good uh, relationship with his father and was also um, bullied a lot at school, even though, like we said, apparently he was very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carol Ann uh, met uh, Charlie on a blind date, kind of, um, with her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she met him, when, like I said, when she was 13. Um, and they kind of quickly became an item liked each other fell for each other and began this weird sexual relationship which i don't get um (laughs) gross and achy so uh (laughs) just going back going back a little i don't want to go too much like i said into details about this um but on december 1st 1957 to be able to pay for all of these gifts that charlie likes to lavish carol with um he decides to rob a service station um and kills 
21-year-old Robert Colvert um, with a gunshot to the face. Mm-hmm. Or the head. The head. The head. But still, <laughs> the face. <laughs> um, he gets $108 from this robbery, uh, buys some weird shit with it. The police can't ever figure out who did it. I mean, for a while. Like I said, this goes unsolved for like a month or two months. Um, he tells Carol about it, but says that he didn't commit the murder. An accomplice did. So she seems fine with it, question mark. Um, <laughs> Doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on, let me find this. I want the exact date. Oh, yeah. Okay. January 21st, 1958. Charlie goes to Carol's house gets confronted by her parents about this very like i said very odd sexual relationship they feel like he's bad news a fight ensues and um carol's mother and stepfather and her two-year-old baby sister all are uh, murdered by charlie um still hurts my soul i know it got me hard when i was like she's just two like what the fuck why would you kill a baby um there, like I said in the last part, there are speculations about whether or not Carol was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she was there and unwillingly kind of participated or whether she was a very active part of, of the murders or she was not there at all when they occurred. Mm-hmm. We will never know. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know. Um, they go on the run. They end up going to one of Charlie's family friend's house. His name is August Myers. He owns a farm. And somehow in some sort of altercation, he is shot mm-hmm. and killed. Um, and then, man, it's just like spree, one after the other. <laughs> um, and then shortly after his murder, they get picked up um, by Robert Jensen and Carol King. Yep, because I have to sa- keep saying Carol King because it's Carol Fugit in like now yeah, we have this other this, Carol. I remember because she had the same name. That's yeah, same yeah. First and it's name. confusing when I'm like Carol. Carol, Carol, Carol Fugit. There's more than one. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really confusing. Um, so Robert Jensen and Carol King are a popular couple. Um, they're actually engaged. I remember them saying this, that they were going to get married after high school or something. Oh. Um, but they pick them up as hitchhikers, and Charlie points a gun at the back of Robert's head while he's in the back seat and brings them to an abandoned cellar where he – Shoots them both in the back and murders them. And there is a lot of mutilation to Carol's private parts. Yes. Um, whether that was committed by Charlie or committed by Carol. Again, we'll never know. <laughs> Nobody can really tell you. A lot of this case is he said, she said. <laughs> yeah, really seriously. Um, And so we're going to talk about January 28th, 1958. This is kind of where I left you guys off. Um. They force their way at gunpoint into the house of Clara and Chester Lauer Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauer, they call him Lauer Ward. Um, Lauer was not home at the time. He'd already left for work. But uh, Clara and their maid, Lillian Fensel, w- were at the home at the time. Um, and obviously, Charlie holds them captive for several hours. Um, and around the same time when he's holding them captive is when they find the bodies of Carol and Robert and the body of August Myers. Right. So I hope that that was a good recap. It was kind of good. I kind of <laughs> did it on the fly. So yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So back to the 28th of January, um, around 6 PM, 
uh, Mr. Ward arrives back at the home. Uh, and he comes in the back door and is confronted by Charlie, who mm. is holding a gun. Yep. Um, Charlie says, <laughs> that's a lot of this. Charlie says, <laughs> um, Charlie says that he and Mr. Ward fought for the gun. And then it fell down the basement stairs. Like they, like they all kind of go tumbling down the stairs. Like, oh, um, and, ow. <laughs> uh, this, so when they fall down the stairs, I think it's just Mr. Ward really that falls down the stairs and Charlie's just trying to get the gun. So he goes, yeah, he he, likes, he's like, like running behind him. Um, and he gets the gun and Mr. Ward is trying to run back up the basement stairs. And this is when, um, charlie shot him from behind oh he really likes to do that yeah he's it's like while they're running away or while they're not looking mm-hmm. um but mr ward didn't die oh no he managed to get up the stairs and through the kitchen and living room before um charlie caught him at the front door oh and um yeah it's really sad he was so close yeah and shot him in th- at the side on the side of the head at the front door oh um, then Charlie takes Lillian Fensel, um, who's their maid upstairs, ties her up to a bed and stole $10 from her purse. Ah, uh, yes. That $10. Yeah. Is... I really need that $10. Thanks. <laughs> Jerk. Thanks Lillian. <laughs> um, he says that he left Carol with the maid and he like wa- had her watch her and then went and stole $7 from Mrs. Ward and tried to. He's rich now. Yeah. Woo. And $17. (laughs) (laughs) So while he's also stealing this money from Mrs. Ward and Lillian, Mm -hmm. the whole whopping $17, um, he tries to dye his hair with black shoe polish. Like what? Okay. Like what do you do? Just comb it in your hair? Like, but he's trying to make himself look different to avoid getting caught. Yeah. Um, while they're in while they're in the ward home, Carol and Charlie steal clothes, food, and Clara's car, her blue Packard, which ends up being like a big thing in the case. Okay. Um they supposedly leave at some point. I'm going to get back to is are, are they still alive? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Oh, they're so dumb. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, like, they're not what? dumb. Something happens, and uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna talk okay. about when they get when they find when they find everything. But Mr. Ward at this point is dead. definitely dead. Okay. Um, they leave. They have the clothes, food, and Mrs. Ward's blue Packard, and they drive past Carol's home again to to check on it. <laughs> I guess. Jesus Christ. And they head um west on Highway 34. Um, the next morning on the 29th, uh, a friend of the wards arrived at the home and an employee also called the police and said that Mr. Ward hadn't shown up for work. Um, but this friend goes into the home, finds Mr. Ward dead by the front door. Mm -hmm. Um, and he also found Mrs. Ward and Lillian dead. Both women had been stabbed repeatedly. And Clara was stabbed in her head and chest. So he did kill them. Uh. Charlie later claimed 
that when he left that house, he thought they were alive. What? Mm-hmm. He thought they were alive. He said that they were alive when they left the house. He did not kill those women. And uh, Carol later claimed that Charlie told her that he had killed Mrs. Ward with a kitchen knife and then went up and stabbed Lillian. When she screamed, he put a pillow over her face and then started to repeatedly stab her. Um, and they're both, both of their wounds had been made by a similar knife as to um, – Carol Jensen or Carol Carol, um, King. K- Carol King's wounds serrated okay. double-edged knife so much like oh, the okay the hunting the knife. hunting knife okay um, <laughs> this is when and and what I thought was interesting one of the documentaries too when he, they say that he claimed that both of the women were alive he like they said he was genuinely surprised when they told them when he when they told him that they were dead like, he seemed to have genuine like, emotions. Ju- like, he was like, what? Yeah, he was like, I didn't kill them. Did him and Carol leave the house at the same time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when the police start to wonder if Carol is really an unwilling hostage. Because how do you control two people? Yep. Th- these two people plus Carol. While holding a gun. And then Mr. Ward came in. Yeah. How do you control them? Four people and you have one gun. Yeah. That would have been chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. At this time, um, the mayor of Lincoln offers a $1,000 reward for information or the capture of Charlie. And this brings, like, mobs of people looking for him. Like, I was going to say, this was the 50s, the 50s. late 50s. Mm-hmm. It so. brings like a mob of people, some of them intoxicated, <laughs> to, to the police station. And they're like, we want to help you find him, you know. <laughs> and they also said that at this time, because all of this is being heard over the radio and stuff. Um, Abelia's in here with us. Sorry, guys. She's Lay she's restless. Uh, she's so very you hear restless. Her jingles. Um, <laughs> They said you could not buy guns in the, in the city of Lincoln because everybody had gone out and bought a gun. There was none left. Because, like, everybody was so terrified that they were going to be the next victim of this dude. Oh, my and, God. Like, kids were wondering when we're going to be able to go to school. Like, they wouldn't let them walk to school. Like, it was a mess. Oh, my God. Um, that's terrifying. And the governor ends up calling in the National Guard and the FBI at this time. Um, and they closed off the city to search for Carol and Charlie. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they had driven through the night before the bodies were even found. Oh, uh, so they, they were, were gone. They were long gone. Um, Finally. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. They come back, don't they? <laughs> Macy's laughing because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so this same, like, like I said, on January 29th, this is when they find their bodies. This is when they put out the APB. But yeah. I'm going to talk about what, what exactly Charles and carol were doing at yeah. this time around 9 a.m uh they crossed the border into wyoming okay um and they stopped at a service station in douglas wyoming for fuel chocolate bars bars and pepsi <laughs> um and this is when charlie overhears on the radio that the ward's bodies have been found and that authorities are looking for their stolen blue packard Oh. Um, so, and it's a, like, it's a nice car. Yeah. Because they were a well-to-do family. Yes. So it's like a distinctive it's car. It's a noticeable car. Yeah, it's definitely a noticeable car. Yeah. Um, and this is when Charlie decides that they need to find another vehicle. Yep. <laughs> um, 
They try. They travel 12 miles past Douglas and find 37-year-old Merle Collison asleep in his Buick oh, no. on the side of the road. Um, and this is 500 miles from Lincoln. They are really far away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. They're, like, combing the city looking for him, and they're really far away. <laughs> Even though they've been right under their noses for days. Yeah. I, I Literally. Anyway, um, Collison... Um, was on his way home from a business trip. I, I, he was like some sort of traveling salesman. Um, and he was from Grand Falls, Montana. Um, he argues with uh, Collison to give him the car. And I saw in the book it said that he was like, give me your, give me your car, I'm going to kill you. And that he went to get out. He mm-hmm. did get out. Or like went to get out. Yeah. And then the other source... Other sources said that he refused to get out. So I'm not really sure. That's so very different. But either way, Charlie shoots him point blank seven times in the nose, cheek, neck, chest, left arm, right wrist, and left leg. Wow. Overkill much? Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) They they transfer all of their quote-unquote belongings, all of their loot, um, from the Packard to the Buick. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attempt to drive with Collison's dead body still in the driver's seat. Why did they keep his body in the car? Probably to like make it so that there was no evidence of another murder. Why didn't they at least put him in the trunk? Yeah, well, here we go. <laughs> Gross. Collison had a, ca- a car that um, Charlie was not used to. And it had a parking brake. Um, That was engaged at the time. Oh, no. But it was stuck. And they couldn't drive away because he couldn't get the car (laughs) out of park. (laughs) And um, this is is when um, 29-year-old geologist Joe Sprinkle. That is the greatest name I've ever heard. Um, (laughs) He notices the car. Yeah. And sees Collison kind of like slumped in the front seat um and thought that there had been some sort of accident or like you know he was sick and he pulled over to help them yeah um he stopped a little ahead of them walked back towards the buick asked if they needed help and that's when charlie pointed the gun at him and told him to help with the parking brake or he'd kill him um (laughs) help me drive this car that i clearly can't drive (laughs) yeah and this is when the men uh joe sprinkle and charlie start fighting for this gun he like yoinks tries to yoink it away like he's like no (laughs) i'm not helping you um and they don't know who he doesn't know who these people are yeah he doesn't know that they're being that they're wanted um so this is when deputy sheriff william romer pulls up 25 yards away okay he sees a struggle between Uh these two men two cars on the side of the road yeah and he's like wtf mate Uh, so they're fighting for the gun and carol rushes over to the deputy and says take me to the police he just killed 10 people what yeah that's probably really loud i'm sorry guys if i just broke your eardrums (laughs) what (laughs) um during this same fight charlie ends up letting go of the gun 
which sends Joe flying backwards. Like they're like tug of warring it. Yeah. And he lets it go and he flies backwards into this into like a ditch on the side of the road. Mr. Sprinkle. He's not dead. He's alive. Okay. He's surprised. Um, (laughs) He gets back into the Packard. Not even the Buick. Uh Uh-huh. And drives off towards Douglas, leaving Carol there. Um, so this deputy puts out an all points bulletin. Um, he gets Carol into the car with him and he, they start chasing Charlie into town. Um, Romer is quickly aided, um, in this chase by County Sheriff Earl Hethlin and Douglas chief of police, Robert Ainsley. Um, and he reaches speeds of upwards of a hundred miles per hour on the highway at this time and then when they reached town the traffic in town slowed him down oh yeah i um, mean <laughs> heflin attempted to make a couple of shots at charlie's tires um and ainsley was actually bumper to bumper with him at one point but charlie got out of the way and it ripped his bumper off and he kind of they, they said like he got around a truck somehow like a big truck like a big rig yeah and um sped sped out of town and even faster he was like going 120 miles an hour Jeez. at this point i felt like they mentioned that a couple times so i felt like mm, that's probably important <laughs> i don't really care how fast he was going but like, he was going 120 they were like he's going 120 i was like oh, okay facing him out of douglas um heflin i think oh yeah mm-hmm. heflin ends up shooting out the back window of the packard okay um and charlie stops and pulls over and he's bleeding profusely um and he thought that and the police thought that they had shot him because they see all this blood um but the blood was from like a piece of glass from the shattered mirror had flung forward and like slashed him in the head Ooh. um and (laughs) charlie thought he was fucking mortally wounded Oh, Lord. So that's why he stops. He's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die of blood loss. They shot me in the fucking face. And it ends up being just like this scratch. <laughs> I mean, it's not a scratch because he's obviously bleeding a lot. But it's like something that'll be cured with stitches. Like, I was going to say, they can put like 10 <laughs> stitches in it and he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> um, so this is when Charlie gets out of his car, tucks in his shirt, and lays face down on the ground and surrenders. I like that he tucked in his shirt first. Yeah. Let me go out like a fucking proper looking yeah, gentleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, twat. And I just want to put this into into some perspective for you guys. This whole ordeal, this whole crime spree takes oh, takes place over 44 hours. Yeah. It's not even two complete days. Like that's obscene. Like kill somebody in the morning, kill somebody in the night. Kill somebody in the morning, kill somebody in the night. All because he wanted money. Well, all because he didn't want to deal with Carol's parents. That too. <laughs> he probably could have gotten away with Robert Colbert's murder. Yeah. Because they still don't know that's him yet. Oh, that's right. The police don't know that that's him. He confesses to that right now. <laughs> um, so something interesting that comes out of this whole case is, and I talked to you a little bit about this last night, um, to the public, Charlie was the brooding antihero, which is weird. He killed a bunch of people, but he like, there's a famous picture of him with his glasses and he's wearing like a James Dean type of outfit with the leather jacket and his hands are handcuffed yeah. behind his back and he's like dangling a cigarette from his mouth. Yeah. Like he was cool. He looked cool. So the public, some of the public thought that he was like an antihero and some of them were like, fuck this dude. 
He just murdered a bunch of people. What's wrong? It was so weird. Oh, but he looks cool. And when, <laughs> they, when they're taken to jail, Carol plays it up for the cameras. And Charlie ignores them completely. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and after this, interestingly, J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover, who was the FBI chief at the time, mm-hmm. um, promised to crack down on juvenile crime. Oh, Lori. Like, what, this one thing and, like, all juveniles are terrible? Like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, so I just lost my place again. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> um, at first, like I said, Carol tells the story like she is an unwilling participant and hostage. She said she only went along with it to protect her family. She thought they were alive, according to her, because she said that she was not there when the murder happened. She was at school and came back and found them missing. They were gone. Um, uh, later, and then later on, she claims that she did witness the murders of her family and becomes hysterical and has to be sedated. What? Yeah. Throughout this whole, like, because they, they, they're in Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. So they get picked up in Wyoming and they end up getting extradited yeah. to Nebraska. So this whole, like, round, first round of interviews is, like, from Wyoming police. Okay. Um, or from Douglas police in Wyoming. Yeah. Um, this whole time, Charlie shows no remorse. And he writes a letter to his parents that says, and I quote, I'm not real sorry for what I did. Because for the first time, me and Carol had more fun. She helped me a lot. But if she comes back, don't hate her. She had nothing to do with the killing. We all wanted to do was get... All we wanted to do was get out of town. And then later on, he says that she participated. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, I'm stuck on where I stand. Yeah. Later, he claimed that he was like a soldier only killing when he had to. Yeah, that doesn't sound true. Yeah, when you shoot them in the fucking back. Yeah. And steal their money. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Charlie confessed to all of the murders, including the murder of Robert Colbert, which mm-hmm. had been unsolved up until this point, except for Mrs. Ward and Lillian. He maintained that they were alive when he left the house. And, see, and like I said, it seemed to express genuine surprise that they were dead. I'm so confused by that. I don't know. Um, After the surrender, like I said, they both get picked up. And Carol was said to be very nervous and upset and in some sort of state of shock. Um, She she had to be sedated in the Douglas jail because she was growing, like, really agitated. Um, They said she cried and screamed for her mother, wondering why she couldn't call her parents. But like I said, later on, she claimed... That she had witnessed it. Yeah. Um, and then what? that um, that deputy Heflin, um, he told reporters, I don't think she knew that her folks were killed. And when Nebraska authorities finally did call Wyoming and confirm that her parents were dead, they said that Carol had a breakdown. But later on, she confesses that she saw it. I mean, you must be a real good actress. I don't know. Anyway, my, my only thought there would be that she was so traumatized by it that she suppressed it. Maybe. And that she maybe, like maybe in the moment just went straight into shock and just was like trying to like kind of like be like that wasn't my family. Which almost they didn't he didn't kill my family. Would almost kind of go along with the fact that when 
Charlie said he was cleaning up, that she was just sitting there watching TV. Yeah. Because she was in shock. Yeah. She just didn't know how to process it. And up until that point. Had not she, processed it. She had not processed she it. And when the were police alive. were like, no, they're dead. They are gone. Like that was when she snapped and had that moment of like, oh my God, and broke down. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlie was initially charged with the murder of Merle Collison mm-hmm. in Wyoming. Um, but he was extradited to Nebraska, back to Nebraska, on January 31st of 1958. Um, the governor of Wyoming uh, at the time, Millward Simpson, was like a really big opponent of the death penalty. And so they didn't follow through with the charges in Wyoming. They just extradited him because he said he, if he did get um, – get a death sentence from a jury in wyoming he was going to commute it um to like life without parole or something he wasn't going to follow through with the death sentence gotcha um and so he announced that he was going to sign for the extradition and not like do this trial with him here um and he signed the extradition papers i loved this in a jiffy (laughs) <laughs> i was like oh, i love jiffy. it um initially charlie kind of refused to go back um to nebraska through an airplane like they wanted to take him on an airplane back and he was like weird about it he wanted to drive um because he thought he could es- escape more easily from the car but obviously they take the plane <laughs> yeah and they were I like saw, oh you don't get a say <laughs> i saw this one show it's called um a crime to remember it was called teenage wasteland it's the season four episode one it's all about this and the son of uh this sheriff in lincoln if i can find where i was um his name is merle carnop and he's the lincoln sheriff Mm -hmm. um he came back to or went into wyoming and brought him back and apparently mrs carnop was there too because they did not bring them back together Okay, that's why you're not smart. Um, so he escorted Charlie and she escorted Carol. But I only heard about that in one documentary, so don't quote me on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, both Carol and Charlie were charged with first-degree murder, mm-hmm. and they were tried separately, not together. Interesting. Okay. And like I said a little bit before in the first part, Carol is the youngest female in U.S. history to date to have ever been tried for first-degree murder at 14 years old. So. That's crazy. <laughs> at, their, <laughs> at their trials, both of them pled not guilty. Uh, Charlie initially told investigators that Carol was a hostage, but changed his story all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlie's lawyer tried to get him to have an insanity plea. Tried to make him, like, plead insanity. No. But he refused. Oh. And <laughs> and claimed that he killed all these people in self-defense. But. In self-defense. A lot of them are shot in the back. I was going to say. That is not self-defense. Sir, that is the worst mm-hmm. thing you could have come up with. <laughs> so the only murder that Charlie is tried for is the murder of Robert Jensen. Like. What? What? Why wouldn't they charge him for all of them? But they only charged him for Robert Jensen. And it's because they had his wallet. Yeah. They had his wallet on them. Um, And his trial began began on May 5th of 1958. 
Like I said, his self-defense claim was quickly refuted because most of Robert's wounds, at least, because they probably couldn't bring any of the other people into the trial. Yeah. Were in his back. Yep. Um, and like his face and his ears. Um, Charlie acted calm and cool throughout the whole trial. The only time he ever got worked up was when his ex-employer uh, testified against him and said, quote, he was the dumbest man who ever worked for him. <laughs> and Charlie was so upset that he had to be restrained. Are you By serious? this comment, p- calling him stupid. Uh, oh, he probably, from the bullying. Yeah. And the, ex- the, um, the ex-employer's testimony, testimony was used by the defense to show Charlie was mentally incompetent. But like I said, he had a, an above average IQ. Yeah. So he was not mentally incompetent. No. Um, copies of his confessions were also read aloud during the trial um, to show that his state of mind was not, was like abnormal and confused. Yeah. Um, although I don't think it was that confused. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than changing the story uh, multiple times. Um, Charlie did take the stand at yep. his own trial and claimed... Um, that he was mad at Carol for shooting Carol King. What? He said that Carol killed her, Carol shot her, and Carol mutilated her. And he was mad at her for doing that. What? But I don't think, I think if she did mutilate her, she went back after he had killed her. Yeah. Because she said that he was alone with Carol King for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So he either raped her and she came and she did come down and shoot her and then mutilate her. Yeah. Or he shot her and she she was. I feel like if Carol had come down, the girl would have been facing her and she would not have been shot in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that Charlie killed her. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, whether or not the mutilation was him is the question is but- the question. But he definitely killed her. Um. And he says that he began to fall in fall, fall out of love with Carol while he's in custody. Um, and he becomes a born again Christian in jail. Oh, of course he does. Um, he also claims at this time that she is the one when he got pulled over with Merle Collison. She was the one that finished him off because his gun jammed. <laughs> but I never. They never said that Carol was holding a gun. Like, every time I looked up, like, you know, research, it always was Charlie had the gun. Charlie had the gun. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know if they found that in evidence, the second gun. That wasn't ever mentioned. Hmm. But he said that she killed him. That's weird. Um, Three psychiatrists testified for the defense. Um, And they said that, Charlie had a quote unquote diseased mind. Um, during cross examination, during cross examination, though, they all stated uh, that the dis- that this did not mean that he was mentally ill, and that they were not prepared to say that he was certifiably insane. They just said that his mind was fucked. Yeah, which it was, which it was, but that doesn't mean he's insane. That, say that doesn't mean he's incapable of knowing what he's doing. Yeah, psychiatrists for the prosecution said that he had antisocial personality disorder and he was legally sane. Yeah. Um, so he is found uh, guilty 
on May 23rd of 1958, and he is sentenced to death by the electric chair. Ooh. Wow. And five months later, Carol's trial begins. Um, One thing I want to say is you talked about the fact that they only took him to trial for that one murder. Mm -hmm. They'll do that. And they do it for the purpose of they want to make sure they have enough evidence. Yeah, they know they can nail them on this one. He's like, we caught him with this guy's wallet. Like, Mm -hmm. we have him to a T. We can definitely get him on this. But the other ones, we're still waiting on on DNA or whatever, whatever evidence that they need to really stick him to that case. Yeah. And if they try him and lose it, you can't double jeopardy. But I don't you can't know. can't try him again. Well, well, I guess the whole thing, they knew he killed Robert Jensen, but then there was a question about Carol King, who exactly did that. And they knew about Merle Collison. Like, that was definitely, yeah. but they couldn't try him for that. But I'm sure that they could use that information during the trial. Mm-hmm. They That was information was allowed. But that, they, I, because I remember that there was another case that we did that was like that. And I, I too, right now cannot remember which one it was. No, and there's a but lot of ones like that. I remember that was why they chose to go after just trying one him case. for one case. They, yeah, they didn't have enough evidence. And they knew that if they tried him and lost, if something were to come up later, they couldn't try they him could, again. Yeah, they Double jeopardy. Again. Double jeopardy. And so. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible because we know that he killed all the people. I know. Um, so like I said, five months later, Carol's trial begins. Um, throughout the whole trial, she is sullen, difficult, and um, uncooperative. Mm. So obviously her behavior does not do her any favors. Yeah. Um, she was try- tried as an accomplice, and she was tried as an adult. At 14. And at 14. Wow. Um, there was no suggestion by prosecutors or anything that she pulled the trigger at any time but she had admitted to taking jensen's wallet so they they thought that they'd be able to prove more of her case based on the fact that she had his wallet rather than like any other case so that's why they are both kind of charged with this yeah um what did i write i love those parts of my notes (laughs) (laughs) oh so they were they they this, like I said, this whole cat, this whole case is he said, she said. So yeah. they were like, let's just get her on the fact that she fucking had his wallet. Yeah, it'll at least keep her in jail. It'll, for now. Yeah, it'll at least keep her in jail. Um, and then th- that Heflin, that one of those sheriffs from Wyoming, he came yeah. in to testify, and he claimed that um, Carol had clippings in her pocket that were related to her family's murder when she was arrested. Where Newspaper cl- clippings. Where are those clippings? I don't know. I was gonna say you can't claim something like that and not have it. Yeah, I don't. That's, where's the evidence, dude? Yeah, I was gonna say because they should have it for this trial. You say you're a cop. Your first, in, your first instinct should have been okay. That's evidence. I'm gonna go bag it. Yeah, but whether she had them in her pocket because she was mourning or because she was proud is the question. The question. Um, prosecution claimed that there were several opportunities where Carol could have escaped, and she didn't take them. My thing with that is if you're really that fucking scared. You're going to do whatever that dude says. Yeah. And hope that at some point he just lets you go. Mm-hmm. Like. If you really think he has your family held mm, hostage. Yeah. But did she think that? Did she know that? Who knows? I wonder if maybe that's why he went back so many times. Maybe she started getting testy and was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. So he drove back there to show her all the cops at the house and be like, you see all the, all the cops there? Mm. They're looking for your family because I've got them tied up somewhere. Oh, I didn't even think about that. 
That's something. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that just yeah, popped yeah, into my yeah, head. Okay. Almost like a almost a way to keep control of her. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that with, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, but it's still weird that he goes back so many times. I know it is, it is like weird. okay, the one time that's one thing, but like he goes back like four times. Four or five times. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, in Carol's trial, Charlie was the prosecution's star witness. He took the <laughs> wow, stand. Okay. He took the stand and he told the jury that he did not love Carol anymore. And he did not care if she lived or died. Ooh, ouch. And it's reported that at some point in his testimony, he said, quote, if I fry in the electric chair, then Carol should be sitting on my lap, unquote. <laughs> That's, That's ballsy. That's really fucking fucked. ballsy to say. <laughs> it's really ballsy to Who say. Who has the power in this relationship? I'm yeah. like so confused because it feels like it could be her secretly and then now she's playing Meek as a mouse. Yeah. She could have gone along with it and then just played victim. And he like he, he had somehow agreed to do that, like so that she wouldn't go to jail. Yeah, but then maybe. like and then then he's like, I'm getting the fucking electric chair. Fuck you. Yeah. You were a part of this with me. Like I was just supposed to go to jail for a little while, but now I'm fucking gonna die, so you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so, so many ways this could go. <laughs> she he like I said, he claimed that she was aware of the murder of Robert Colvert, uh-huh. the very first murder. He had said that he had told her about it. Um, and she had said that she didn't know anything about that um, and claimed that she had been present during the murder of her family. Um, Charlie said that Carol had had the knife like in the car with her mm-hmm. when Carol King was murdered. And he also claimed that she had the knife when Mrs. Ward and Lillian were murdered. So it seems like the knife wounds were from Carol and the gunshot wounds were from Charlie. Yeah. Um, she, he claimed that she had willingly gone with him and wanted to, quote, go down in gunfire with him. And I have here in my notes, Bonnie and Clyde much. Yeah, right. Definitely. Exactly. Uh, Carol's lawyer believed this whole time she was innocent. Um, but Charlie's story was corroborated by witnesses and statements by police. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ended up being convicted and sentenced to life in prison on November 21st, 1958. And after serving 17 years, some said it was 17 or 18. Um, but in 1976, she was released on parole mm-hmm. because the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that life sentences for minors were unconstitutional. I'm sorry if you, if you commit a crime that bad. Exactly. Oh, okay. In 1980, <laughs> in 1983, and let's just—I I mean, as far as I know, there was a 20 an article from 2020 about her. So as, so as far as I'm, I know she's still alive. Um, she's out of jail. Yeah, she was paroled in 1976. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I think I like didn't process that. Yeah, she <laughs> I was like, served, wait, what? <laughs> she served 18 years of her sentence, and then the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that life sentences were un- for minors were unconstitutional okay. and so they released everybody who had, had oh see i just heard them. i just heard the constitution thing and i was like that's dumb no yeah anyway. <laughs> so in 1983 she actually appeared on a like popular tv program and took a lie detector test which revealed she was telling the truth like she was not attempting to deceive those are just so questionable, though. They're not even admissible in court. That's how 
not accurate they are. Oh, that mm, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> she applied for a pardon in this in the state of Nebraska in 1996 and in 2020. Uh-huh. Um both of these applications were denied. Um yeah, I don't think he really should be pardoned. While on death row, Charlie speaks with a professional uh, professional <laughs> professor <laughs> of criminology from the university of nebraska and his name is james melvin reinhardt and he gives some insights as to why charlie did this interesting um, okay so he said that his motive for killing was to quote take general revenge upon the world and its human race unquote he just hated people and it's even said that like when he was a kid he liked to go off hunting and like wanted to be by himself and like dreamed of this utopian everybody, society where he'd be alone forever. everybody tore him apart i know he was from a baby like a baby he was age a lower class i mean the poor kid needed glasses and didn't know they thought he was stupid he had a speech impediment he was bullied to shit i don't blame him that his view of the world was fucking terrible Fucked up. not excuse what he did but like I can see how I someone would get into that into that mindset into of that like mindset. I fucking hate everyone and mm-hmm. everything. Um another motive was um poverty. His poverty, his family's poverty, and the spree, the murder spree was kind of his way out of this poverty-stricken family life. He like did not want that to him to be him. Yeah. He'd rather be an outlaw on the run, stealing money where he can than to be poor yeah. and living with his family. Um, he was also thrilled that he was famous. He was famous in the papers. Famous. This Ugh. whole thing had made him a household name. Not even a kid. Not even kidding. Especially in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, and he liked seeing his picture and name in the papers. That's why we shouldn't give these people publicity. Say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Stop giving bad people publicity. Exactly. <laughs> um, and like I said, he also had uh, this kind of change in heart in pri- change of heart in prison, and was like a gentle person. Became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, whether that's real or not, whatever. Um, his execution actually got like delayed. I don't have that date, but he was. Execu- he was like supposed to be executed um in june of no- 1959 like on some day earlier in the month yeah and then something happened where his sentence got like it got like stopped somehow and they were trying to do more research and then it ends up happening it's almost like a stay of execution yeah 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 um so eventually on june 25th 1959 around 12 p.m he is executed via the electric chair Oof. um I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, I watched this P- PBS documentary from Nebra- like from their public television thing. Um, it was actually really interesting. Um, they talked to, like, Rodney Starkweather's ex-wife and her, like, family and how the Starkweather name has, like, poisoned, like, their family. They're bullied, saying, like, oh, who's going to be your next victim? Like, you know, like, because they're his family. Like, the Starkweather name is poison. That's awful. I know. Just I know. because there's one bad seed. Oh, my God. That's, they, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. People are freaking, this world is evil. 
And so, <laughs> sorry, but there's actually some like interesting, um, there's, there's, there's this interesting, the thing that I found in this documentary that I didn't find anywhere else. Um, in 1970, a man named Jerry Petty from Baxter, Tennessee, came to Lincoln with some sort of tra- traveling singing group. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but he was here and he went to the Wayuka Cemetery, which is where, um, Starkweather is buried. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a hard time finding Charlie's grave because it didn't have a headstone. He was like a true crime buff and wanted to see his wanted to see his grave. Yeah. And um there was no headstone marking his grave. Oh. So he got in contact with the Starkweather family and got their permission to buy and place a headstone and he spent $119 of his own money on it. And the placard that is on his grave today was bought by him. Wow. He was in an unmarked grave for a long time. That's crazy. Yeah. So like you, like he said that he was such a prolific figure that he deserved to have. And I was like, no. I mean, I feel like he should have a placard like everybody else because his family obviously is going to mourn him like. That's yeah. a, like even even though your son's a murderer, like I was gonna say, it's you're it, gonna visit his grave probably. I see. It's still gonna be a sensitive story and a story that's passed along through, through your gener- family, through family generations. And even though he was a terrible person, he was buried, and there should be at least it, even if it's just like a little plaque that literally says his name, the his date of birth, and his date of death. Like, yeah. So this case has inspired. A lot of movies, songs, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. So the movies Badlands and Natural Born Killers are based off of this case. Big surprise, Um, I haven't seen either one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Badlands is from 1973 and Natural Born Killers is from 1994. Um, Badlands stars uh, Martin Sheen and um, Sissy, I forget how to say her Spike, S-P-A-C-E-K. Spake. Spell it one more time. S-P-A-C-E-K. Spasic? 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 Sissy Spasic. Let's do that. Um, And Natural Born Killers. Uh, and, and Badlands kind of like follows the general plot of the story. There are some deviations, but it's a couple. They murder together. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Um, Natural Born Killers is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um. Woody Harrelson and Juliet Lewis play a couple and they've both had like tragic adolescent lives and they commit a string of murders and are glorified in the media. I love Woody Harrelson. I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Tyler, my husband, loves Natural Born Killers. He said it was like a great movie. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it. So now we got to watch it. Uh, we got to put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> on the list. On the list. Um. And the song Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen, um, which was released in 1982, is actually based on the murder spree. You can hear it in the lyrics. That's crazy. So go ahead and listen, guys. I'm not going to obviously put a clip in here because that's illegal. Copyright. Uh, <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> well, we'll link to the song in our show notes. Yes, yes. I'll link to the <laughs> song. Um, and 1989's We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel has a line, Stark Weather Homicide. Stark with a homicide. Yeah. I've heard that song 18 million and times. And didn't know about that. And did not know that. Didn't know anything about that. 
Oh my God. I know. Crazy, right? So guys, that is the crazy, I don't know what to fucking think case of Carolyn <sighs> Fugit and Charles Starkweather. I, I... <laughs> Your face. <laughs> Normally, like, I come out of it leaning towards one side or the other. I can't even... I am quite literally on the fence. I don't know what happened. I can't figure out... I don't even have some kind of inkling of if she was truly a victim or not. It or if she weird. was part of it. It seems weird that she said that she wasn't there and then that she was there. But, like we said, she could have had some sort of trauma that she was suppressing and was like yeah i was there i didn't want to believe it yeah you know that you're forcing yourself to not believe that the person you love has killed your family yeah this man that she loves and has been in and she's a kid and we all have to remember she's a kid she is a kid he's she's almost 20 years old but she's a kid i just and i mean and then the whole thing about Mrs. Ward and Lillian, the maid, and the fact that he's like, oh, I didn't kill them. I thought they were alive, but they were very much dead. And the the mutilation of the bodies and the near matching stab wounds to the fact that they are almost similar to Carol King and how she was mutilated. Well, they didn't. Mu- he didn't mutilate them. They weren't mutilated. They just found that their wounds were well, made by the same knife. Yeah, but like they had like they had like. Carol King had the genital mutilation, and then um, Mrs. Ward, you said, was stabbed in the chest. In the, fa- in the, in the face, in the, in face. the head. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. That seems pretty overkill to me. Yeah. Like, Especially because the other people, he didn't, he didn't care. He just shot them. Well, he, he shot that guy seven times. In the neck, fair. in the face, in the ear. That is fair. That, and that was overkill. Mm-hmm. And he might, he may or may not have been trying to get out of the car to be like, yeah, dude, fine. Take my car. Yeah. I think it's more plausible that he probably was like, no, I'm not giving you my car. It's just odd because it seemed like his weapon of choice was a gun. Yeah. It was not, a, it was not it a knife. It was not a knife. He did, he did throw the knife at Billy, Billy Jean. Mm-hmm. Or Billy Jean is not, not my, my lover. lover. But it's Betty Jean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not Billy. Um, And I mean, he did end up throwing the knife at, um, mrs ward's back but that didn't kill her yeah so it seems to me with betty jean well he hit her too but he could have just been trying well but he then he threw the knife so he doesn't know if that's going to kill her or not so but it doesn't seem like his weapon of choice yeah you're right it's definitely the gun yeah and the fact that they didn't find the knife either is even more weird yeah they don't have it at any of the scenes they never found a knife Aside from, I mean, they okay, could have. Did they find the knife with Betty? No. No, he'd taken it. They don't know where it is. I think that somewhere between when they were in Wyoming and the murder of the wards and Lillian Fensel, they got rid of it. Yeah. Or Carol got rid of it or he got rid of it. Somebody got rid of it. It's gone. Because <laughs> it it's not, they never found it. Which but they so knew that bizarre. he had a hunting, like he had family. They were like, yeah, he has a hunting knife like that. Like your family knows enough about what you purchase that they know you have that. Silence. I have so many like weird theories running through my mind. So many questions. And it's like, I almost wonder if 
So you said after he shot, he shot Mr. Ward as he ran back up the stairs and then got him right before he went out the front door. Mm -hmm. But they left after that, right? Yeah, they had already tied up Lillian Fensel and Mrs. Ward. They'd already tied them up and they he thought that they were upstairs tied up. And they picked up their stuff and they left. I mean, what if during that moment, that's when Carol killed them? What if Carol killed them while he was dealing with Mr. Ward? What if Carol killed him while they were looting the house? Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's entirely possible if he thought they were just tied up in some room somewhere that he just didn't see them again. I just thought it was very interesting that investigators were like, yeah, he seemed genuinely... Shocked. So shocked that they were dead. He thought they were like it seemed like yeah. he thought they were alive. And to me, that would mean that Carol had to have killed them. And if but it's, they never charged them for those murders, well, they had no evidence to pin her. Mm-hmm. They they could not get her on that. You they can, only could you have can gotten theorize her as much as you want, but theory is just a theory, right? That's not any form of proof, right? And unless and she, I lo- and he only confessed. He confessed to all of the murders except for theirs. Two. And she, I I mean, and he said that she was responsible. He too tried to blame her for Carol King. I don't think she killed Carol King. Well, she was shot in the back. So I'm pretty sure it was for her mutilation. mutilation. Well, he said he, he said that he, she mutilated her. And then he said that she did both. Yeah. So I think that I the, think, the, he, I think, killed I think he killed her and that she might have gone back down and mutilated her. I say, I wonder if it was, I wonder if maybe he, he thought about raping her. She, they said it, it was in a jealous rage. Like may, that's I was going to say, maybe it literally could have just taken the fact that he said he thought about it. He could have said, oh yeah, like I thought about performing whatever, doing this. And that threw, that pissed Carol off and she went back in there to king's body and yeah, I did that. just like they're so but i feel like anyways. the mutilate mutilation of the genitals is something that a man would do normally it is in in retrospect like to a female like mm-hmm. if you're going to mutilate a female that seems like something a man would do mm-hmm. not a woman i mean i guess i guess you could I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I literally know. literally don't this know. This whole thing, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm, I don't, I don't know what to My think. mind is blown. Because I, I told you, I went down a rabbit hole. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that this rabbit keeps hole getting weirder. Literally is just still spiraling. Macy's stuck at the bottom of this hole and it just keeps going. <laughs> like one of those like things at the, at the amusement parks where it's like the funnel and you like drop down into it with your tube. Yeah. yeah. Macy's still spinning I'm still it. stuck in there, guys. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I I am generally baffled I, by this case. I don't know what to think. Like my next case is like clear cut and dry. Like they did it together. Yeah. And this is. What? What? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I guess. Oh. Well, they had enough evidence to convict her of something. So they got her on at least something. And I mean, even, I don't know. She still maintains her, di- her innocence to this day. But you can tell yourself something enough. You believe it so that's what i have to say about those uh yeah those results from that lie detector test (laughs) if you tell yourself something for 18 years in prison you probably believe it i mean and there are ways to pass a lie detector test yeah 
But like other like I watched I watched a couple of TV shows on this. One is a crime to remember, and it was a whole episode on them. And then there was a shorter show um, where it was like a little twenty minutes of about them. Yeah, it was like a little clip almost. Oh, Deadly Women. It's called Dangerous Liaisons, and it was mostly about Carol. It wasn't really about him, Charlie. A lot of things were a lot about Charlie. Yeah. And not so much about Carol. Because he but, seemed yeah. to be the one that did most of it. But, but um, this one thing was about Carol. And that's where I got the whole, like, she hated her parents. She hated her sister. She was rebellious and angry and uncontrollable. <laughs> but I not a lot of sources went, said that. So not a lot went deep on Carol. Yeah, they really went deep on him, but not so much on her. So who knows? We're baffled, guys. I'm so stuck. I don't know. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Whenever we do unsolved cases or cases that are like just so confusing that like y- you can't pick. Yeah. If we've you had were, a couple like that where I'm like, who? I don't know who I, did this. I don't know who did this. Or like even this, like we have some of his confessions and then we have like the two people he's like, I didn't kill them. And then like. He said, she said, and it's just a whole bunch of what? And the fact that, like, <laughs> I thought it was really weird that he testified. I feel like that was not something. Uh, he, uh, he seemed like an unreliable witness to me. Yeah. Because his story kept changing. Yeah. But did his story change because he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and cover your ass. But then when he realized that he was going down, he was like, fuck, I'm taking you with me. Yeah. Because he said he started to fall out of love with her. Yeah. He's like, if I'm not just going to jail, if I'm going to the electric chair, you're going with me. Yeah. You should be sitting in my lap. That's what he said. If I'm going to get the electric chair, Carol should be sitting in my lap. So. Guys, (laughs) send us emails on what you think. Because I have no clue. I have no idea. No clue. No idea. I, I can't take a stance on this one. No. I'm stuck. Completely stuck. I don't. I don't know anything. He 100% murdered people. Oh, 100%. On her? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I mean, I I, she got so... she got charged with first degree murder. And the only real evidence they had was that she, they said that she didn't pull the trigger, but they said that she had his wallet. So therefore, she committed first degree murder. Which and I was kind crazy. of like, that's far fetched. I was going to say, I'm surprised that they didn't, they didn't argue that like, that would be accessory at most. Yeah, they just wanted to get them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted but them off the streets. They they did it. They pushed for everything they could with yeah. that one case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they said she had opportunities to leave and she didn't. Yep. And which, I mean, I can understand why she possibly didn't. But they're they're right. They she there were opportunities to leave and she didn't. And um I don't I don't know. She seemed weird during the trial. She like played it up for the cameras. She yeah. she did a lot of interviews talking about Charlie and how he forced her to do all this stuff. And it's like Charlie's like, no, I didn't do any of that. Yeah, it's going to I because I, I want to like, did she ever come out and say what he like the things that he said to her besides I have your family? No. How, like, what proof was there? That's mm-hmm. why I kept, that was why my thought about, her, like, him turning around and going back to the house so many times was the only way I could think that he would keep her in line. Like, to look, prove clearly, that. Like, clearly the cops are here. Something's wrong. I've got your family. Obey. Like, but that's. that's but then the, she says that she witnessed it. Yeah. So it's like, 
if you really witnessed it and you knew they were well i mean i guess you could be compartmentalizing and you know you don't yeah you're like that wasn't my family no that wasn't true that wasn't true. That didn't happen. You have them hostage. You just shut down, basically. You just shut down. Like, your brain can do shit like that. You can. It's completely plausible. So, it's... I don't know. Guys, victim or not, email us. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what you guys Tell think because I'm... your theories. I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Who oh, are you? Man. Oh, man. It is... That is crazy as hell, though. Yeah. I can't. I'm I told stuck. you this was going to be a good one. That I was, was like, girl, one. I don't know what to fucking think about this. And you text me. You text me. You're like, I have 10 pages of notes. And I was like, I smell a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I was like, shit. I thought this was going to be short. <laughs> but they have 11, well, 11 victims, including Robert Colvert, who was not was involved in Charlie. the spree. Yeah, that. So it's yeah. 10 with both of them, maybe, and one with him, definitely. Yeah. So, yes, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, whew, if you want to find us on some social medias. Yes. <laughs> now and now we now we turn away. Um, <laughs> we'll get you'll get more killer couples next week. Oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> and the week after that and the week after that. <laughs> guys, it's a topic. Four weeks. <laughs> Anyway, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. We are on YouTube. If you go in your little search bar and you do Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. <laughs> I'm, doing really, I'm doing really good. You are doing really good. <laughs> gonna say that is currently the only way you can find us on youtube guys subscribe to us on youtube the more subscribers we get if we get up to 100 we can get a custom, custom URL, url and then you don't have to just try and aimlessly search for us you'll be able to get there so much faster and so much easier um but head over to youtube hit the subscribe button please please check and us thank out. you we've got a whole playlist of our sources if you want to check that out what does ryan say thank you for liking and subscribing yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we are, God, we are everywhere. If you want to listen to us, I can just say <laughs> everywhere you get your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Our boys keep telling us, just tell them it's everywhere. You can get your podcast. And we're like, no, we like to list it. No, we do like to, we list like it. to be very, very specific. And I do you, like to be, specific. you know what? I just remembered that we can do when we do this. What? If we just hop onto our Instagram. I can just click the link tree link and it, Oh yeah. I have my own personalized list. Perfect. So, guys, if you want to listen, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our host platform, Podbean. Thanks. We love Podbean. Thanks, Podbean. You're great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we aren't sponsored by them, guys. We just really love them. They're pretty great. <laughs> they've and they're, been they're really fast great. at responding, although they did not answer my last question at all. So <laughs> that, okay, Bobby, do better with that. But for the most part, they're pretty great. They're getting there. But yeah, they're cool. We like them. <laughs> if you're looking to start your own podcast, pod, go to Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they distribute it everywhere for us, which is really great. And yeah, I don't, all I have to do is upload the stuff and press publish and it's super easy to manage it's 
just they you help just you with them. literally everything you get to all your statistics all the statistics are the great. statistics are great you can get them by month you can get them by like three months and then you can get them for like the last like 24 months so yeah you can see and it'll break it down by platform by listener by episode it's really cool by it's, countries yes where like Guys, where everybody's listening we have like an obscene list of there are 14 listeners in the uk did you yeah, see that they did i was like oh Thank you, Could Murder a Pod. I'm sure that's from you. <laughs> I was going to say it's most likely our, our friends at Could Murder a Pod and their listeners that have checked us out. So Thank thanks, you. Guys. <laughs> we love you. Um, if, you and if you guys have not checked out Could Murder a Pod, please go check out their podcast. They are they're really great. Fantastic. Um, I think they're coming out with season three. They are. They I, are. They already doing it or no? They're filming it right now. They're filming it. They posted on Instagram, I think, like last week that they were doing that. and i know that you can listen to them on like everywhere you can listen to your podcast but on they actually actually have videos of their of them talking on youtube a cool little setup i know i'm like how do i get that right they have like such professional they have like a desk and like microphones they have like their 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 mugs and then then they have like a big tv behind them that has their logo i was like wow i'm like i I love that setup yeah i was like i'm just sitting here i'm I'm just sitting here in front of this microphone (laughs) we're just in tyler and macy's house (laughs) (laughs) yeah in in my spare room (laughs) although we've made it pretty damn cool yeah it's pretty cool the There's pod room. We just call it the pod room. It's it not is. even like Ty- Tyler calls it the pod room. <laughs> and he hates it. He's like, I hate that it's not my office. <laughs> He's like, it's the pod room. If he starts using it more than us, he can call it whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. But we use it the most. <laughs> but so. currently we use it the most. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't care. Anyway. Although his office does take up like 95% of this room. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. I know how much you hate that desk. <laughs> I hate it. It's this massive desk, guys. It's so heavy, too. You have to, like, take it completely apart. It's like, I can't even describe to you. It is, it's like an old-fashioned wooden desk. Yeah, that it's really is. heavy. It is not something that, like, you bought at Walmart. It is fucking heavy. And I told him, I was like, why can't we just get a smaller desk and a file cabinet? And he's like, no. <laughs> i'm like uh well I'm, i but i mean i made a deal with him i was like fine if you want this desk i'm not helping you move it in or out of any house <laughs> not doing it like i don't care i was like you have fun with that that was like when ryan told me he wanted our singular garage for his firebird i told him he has to help me clean the snow off my car because we live in the fucking snow belt <laughs> Well, I saw in your car the other day that you had those things that you just like pull off. Yeah, I have like I have um the the, the windshield snow, like thing. the windscreen cover, mm-hmm. and those really work. I just don't recommend the one I bought because I bought two of them, one for me and one for Ryan, and it has like has like a buckle that you put inside the car that holds it taut in place mm-hmm. so snow doesn't go under it, and his had two male ends to buckle together oh no and so every time he wants to use it he has to like tie it together and it's like tight bungee so it like it like gets really tight and then he has to like oh that's annoying in the butt it's so annoying and we were so it was like i think it was like seven dollars on amazon which is why it was so cheap yeah but i was like we just want something so that ice doesn't ruin our windshield wipers oh yeah <laughs> guys living the snow belt sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this winter's been a doozy um it was 50 degrees yesterday and i was like wow it's so hot outside i was literally sweating i was <laughs> like look at you can so ask me we like we left wegman's yesterday and i looked at macy and went i'm fucking sweating she's like i don't know how you're wearing that coat right now and i'm like yeah me neither <laughs> it was literally 45 degrees outside guys. Very, very warm i was like i could wear shorts <laughs> right 
The second it's like this, everybody's outside. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was so People excited. out there with Taylor. There's people out riding their motorcycles. Right, oh, yeah. It's like, what? And it's like, um, you got to put that back in its garage like, I was going to say, it's going to snow like next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but We're in fall spring. <laughs> yes, we are. We're in fall spring, guys. Anyway, yep. thank you for listening to us. And go check out our social media and our YouTube and our website. Um, And listen, we're... Subscribe, you like, can. listen. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Holy shit. I did not mention our website. <laughs> oh. <laughs> www.buzzkillerspodcast.com. What she said. <laughs> Go check it out, guys. And you can email us, too, if you want to. Yep. Um, <laughs> I so, just had a moment of, like, you moron. <laughs> well, we had a list, and now it's gone. I know. I don't know where it went. I'm going to get, like, a formal list. and I'm just going to type it up on this computer and, like, turn it every That's time. smart. Because we should just one... We should hang it. Yeah, like, like from the mic stand. It's just right here. <laughs> oh, look at the list. Like Tyler, you can't throw these ones away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Anyway, uh, <laughs> more killer couples coming at you next week. It's Nicole's case. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And then, <laughs> um, like I said, the rest of the month, same thing. Um, Thanks for all the love, guys. Yeah, we love doing this. I hope it shows. We love our buzzards. We love our buzzards. <laughs> we love you guys. Okay, until next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Ah!